You are listening to Subtle Disruptors Melbourne. This is the first series of the podcast, Subtle Disruptors, telling the stories of those who are quietly having an amazing positive impact on their city and the world. You don't have to write a symphony, you don't, you know, to unlock your creativity, to return to who you are and remember your magnificence. You don't have to go on these amazing big retreats. Just do something every day that challenges you. Create something every day that's important to you, that you suck at, or that you're great at. It doesn't matter and share it. I have to admit that whenever I came across pure artistry, my initial reaction was to be annoyed. How is it that something so elegant, beautiful, and holding such a alarm could come from something that bucks convention and rules so flagrantly? It is people like this week's guests that have helped me along my own journey of accepting and allowing and creating with congruence, and of seeing artistry as one of the most necessary characteristics of the world we are now inhabiting. I'm Adam Murray, and thanks for joining me as I talk with Michael Dixon about the subtle disruption of making and thinking like an artisan. We're making our way through the back streets of Adam's neighbourhood in my trusty steed. Uh, It's a cold, rainy day in Melbourne, middle of July, and uh, we're going to disrupt the Subtle Disruptors podcast by taking it on the road. We've got a mobile recording studio happening right now, and I will drive us around this glorious city of ours while we discuss the finer points of humanity. Now, um, when you first mentioned this, my immediate reaction was to be a bit... But, um, I don't know why that is, just because I've never done it in a car before. There's nothing that, <laughs> that crazy about being in a car, but for some reason I was, my immediate reaction was... But, now, um, but then I thought about it, I'm like, yeah, hell yeah, let's do it. It's this is awesome. Funny, isn't it funny? I do a lot of stuff, a lot of mentoring work with people, and uh, largely around creativity and self-expression and... and the vast, well, very early on in the piece, m- most of the time the first session we'll do, spend, I don't know, 60 minutes, we'll go deep into who they are, what they need, blah, 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 and then I'll say, all right, cool, this is going great, so let's go somewhere. <laughs> and we might go to the art gallery or Acme or we'll go to a pub or we'll just do something that feels like, wait, wait a minute, but I'm, I'm paying you to work on me <laughs> and teach me things and we, we're not allowed to have fun, we're not allowed to... And then, I mean, obviously that, that always comes up for them. Like, well, wow, why was I so resistant yeah. to something that now seems so obvious and so joyful? Why wouldn't, but the, how locked up we are um, unconsciously in the status quo. It's quite amazing. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, the other thing that somehow came across my path the past week too was this Beyond Blue video. Have mm. you seen that? Mm. With, um, it's a video of two guys sitting in a car like this mm. and it's just about them having a chat and then it's the subtitles are you, you might not see it but Dave is actually saving Peter's life huh. right now. Yeah. And there's for guys there's some interesting evidence or research that they're much more likely to be honest with each other when they're standing side by side than yeah. when they're yeah. looking directly at each other. Yeah. Which well, I was fascinated That's by. awesome. And that's in a lot of I know, interviewing techniques or sales conversations is if ever you get drawn into a room uh, with someone and you want to uh, pitch an idea or if you're yeah, trying to get a job or something like that, yeah. always, even, always try to sit side by side and if that's not possible, even angle the chair 
yeah. at, 90, at 45 degrees just so that you're not front on. It's not that confrontational um, me versus you. It's yeah. like, hey, we're in this together. Yeah. It's fascinating. <laughs> it is. It's like the old Parisian cafe set up as well. It's, you know? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So you can take in the landscape and enjoy what's unfolding. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of really amazing things that we that are going on for us that uh, whether we like it or not and it's such a, an empowered place to be is to know those finer you know subconscious ways of being mm. and be able to sculpt them and mold them and, and curate our life in accordance with them as opposed to being at the mercy of them yeah there's two things that um, there's two things that I Somebody, when people ask me like what are you you know what, what what's the essence of what you believe now and there's two things and one of them is that that awareness of me and my context as well what is my context right now and then having the courage to live according to what I hear in that awareness and I think you know, I just get so excited when I think about that because it it does go back to some of those things about yeah just just sitting and understanding it's it's about being self-aware but about also doing that extra learning around that as well about you know what is going on Mm -hmm. yeah and trust there's a big a big realm of trust in that learning to listen for and engage with that whispering essence of us that's always evolving is pretty powerful but then uh yeah, trusting it enough to go, you know what, even if I, if I follow this, it might go against the grain of everything I've been told, or the world might say, what are you doing, Adam, that is crazy, but trusting, you know what, it feels right, it's got to be something in that, um, is, a, is a powerful place to stand and live from. Not easy, but <laughs> definitely, yeah, that's where the magic happens. Because it's letting go of the outcome as well. It's all of a sudden, you know, it's, I think... A couple of years ago, I thought I had a pretty good idea where my life was going over the next five years. And <laughs> yep. it was pretty boring, yep. actually, to think like that and to know that. And then to all of a sudden realize that, oh, gosh, I, the outcome is never known. Like, mm. there are no guarantees about anything. And that was a massive disruption in my thinking and in my ability to get to the next step of just being able to, you know, let go and just see where things do mm. go by following a little thread. Mm-hmm that generative nature there's a lot of stuff I've been revisiting my past recently which is jazz so I studied jazz at uni and, yeah. and, and made a living as performing as a musician for many many years and this um, there's so much value in improvised music like particularly collaboratively with a bunch of musicians or theatre performers anything that's improvised and this idea of dancing with what's emerging um, is is such a powerful skill for where we are now because it is so uncertain and so ambiguous and so complex. There's so many moving parts. We, don't, we honestly don't know what tomorrow is going to look like. And if we can... Um, there's an amazing... I mean, Miles Davis is an amazing trumpet player, musician, artist, has been... Most people would know of him, but he said many famous things, one of which is there are no wrong notes. And then followed up with, it's the notes that you play after that define whether that note was right or wrong. And that's really, if you think about life, we're going to make mistakes, we're going to have failures, we're going to be disrupted, but it's what we do after that's going to mean the difference between a mistake or a melody. 
and uh, that's a powerful um, skill set to develop and focus on now I think in this this age of disruption is like okay that did not turn out how I intended so what am I going to do with it yeah how am I going to roll with it what can it, how can I make music out of this um, despite it sounding like a cat screeching you know <laughs> such as how our lives feel at times yeah <laughs> which is funny and then like you were saying about you know the where we are right now and just everything that's happening around us there is no way to physically mentally know and take it all in you know know what is going to happen mm-hmm. it's like that dancing that you talk about it's the only option now mm-hmm. like i can't see any other way you know and we we're talking about it earlier like previously you know you got a good enter score you went to uni you got mm-hmm. a good degree that would kind of you would there would be a sense of security and longevity and and certainty mm. in that mm. it doesn't really feel that that's going to cut it no, anymore it's done yeah. it is absolutely done i think in the next 3 to 5 years huge social economic political upheaval as we're seeing anyway but but like vast amounts of people that are not their skills are no longer necessary if um you know, if we can build an algorithm for it, we will, and we are. And if you can be coded out of work, how do you stay relevant? How do you continue to provide value when everything's up for grabs? Yeah. And it's it's really funny in a lot of the work that I do. It it feels like it's the golden time because I'm all about self-expression, all about creativity, knowing and owning and showing who you are, dancing with um, all the esoteric stuff that hasn't really got a look in. Creativity's hit number 10 on the, you know, um, what is it, World Economic Forum top 10 leadership skills in 2015. By 2020, they think it'll be third on the list. <laughs> Huge, all of this stuff is, um, all of the, I, I think the arts are just going to be such a valuable place to learn in the future. And yet, I'm terrified about my own future, about maintaining my own relevance, because, uh, I don't know who's going to pay. Who who could afford to pay for anything when no one's got any work? I just don't. I I don't see uh, how it's all going to work. Yeah. And that's sometimes it excites me. I think you've caught me on a day where I definitely am uh, standing in more of the petrified <laughs> realm. <laughs> so it'll be an interesting conversation. <laughs> Uh, is there something in particular that's triggered that or it's just a general it's it's a roller coaster man you know you have a good call you have a a good client you have you get 10 likes on Facebook and suddenly you know you're walking on air (laughs) yeah but you get one like on FaceEB and (laughs) my life's a mess nobody loves me what am I going to do yeah it's such a uh, yeah it's an interesting time but I kind of I mean a good friend I know you've had Jason Fox on here and, and he talks about the um the value of doubt and mm. uncertainty and really valuing that. And I think he's on the money there uh, in that there are a lot, of, a lot of questions. I wouldn't say there are any answers in doubt, but I would say that there are bigger questions that we can uh, explore yeah. that can help with a, a, a more empowering context if we do curl up to our doubt and get comfortable with that. Um, and it's mm. this resistance to this uncertainty that I think is standing in the way for a lot of us. Yeah. 
what's the opposite of that? What's the opposite of the resistance to the uncertainty? Or how does it, like for you, how do you, how do you grapple with that? I have, I think from a very young, young age, I somehow retained this sense of a divine connection. This very universal peace, love and happiness kind of feel. And this whole game, this city, this wearing a tie and going to a place to work or doing whatever it is you do, kind of feels, has it's always felt ridiculous to me. It's just a big game. It's like, wow, how did we come here? I mean, I love that we're two you know, stars smashed together or whatever. We ended up where we are today. But it's kind of hilarious that all of these social norms and, and cultural intricacies, and this is the system or this is the culture that we've ended up with. And a part of me, when I get too significant about my own life and, and my own um, sense of self, I think, what does it matter anyway? You know, I balance out of that existential or the nihilistic, man, it doesn't matter. I'm going to die. Could be tomorrow. Could be in 10 years. Could be in 50. And then I won't die. It's just energy. It will carry on in some other way, shape or form. Body will break down, feed the trees. Yeah. A bird will land in that tree, build himself a nest, sing a song. Someone will hear that song and go, you know what? I want to write, I want to write a poem about that song. So in a way, I'm making art by dying. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that, and that, that really big picture stuff um, helps me deal with the really small day-to-day stuff. Yeah, gives me it gives me a something to stand on. Ironically, I, like I trust that I have nothing to stand on, and that help that anchors me. Mm. If that makes sense, it's like wow, none of this really. I don't understand it. I probably never will, and that's cool. Yeah. And you're saying that's something, you've had a sense of that your whole life. Yeah, very yeah. much so, yeah. It's served me well. Is that because of the family context that you grew up in, or do you think it was just uh, just you? This is an interesting thing, as I'm about to enter fatherhood myself. In, yeah. in 10 weeks, yeah. uh, we'll have our first child. But but I have, I definitely, a lot of cred got to go to my mum and dad, and, and just the environment I grew up in. And I was surrounded by cool things, and given all the permission in the world to to be creative, to follow a, a career in the arts and to if I didn't really want to go to school because I didn't feel like it, mum would say, that's cool. Really? Yeah, and yeah. I could just, you know, draw all day and write wow. poems and stuff like that. A lot of people back then would have thought that that was not a way to uh, raise a child, but it cert- I loved it and, it and it wasn't that I was wasting time and just slacking off. It was just like, I just don't get this thing that I have to parrot back these you know algebra I want to I want to make I want to write a play I want to write a musical I want to do that at home today yeah and so she was cool with that but I also am starting to really develop a deep sense of ownership around I've had this all along and I had this even I think from the womb and beyond (laughs) that there was that there's a deeper conviction growing in me to just own and trust that who I am and who I've come here to be um is mine and I am a product and an influence you know of my influences but at the same time there has there's some uh, unmistakable distinguishable essence to who I am and it's been there forever as there is for you as there is for these two walking on the street as there is for everyone on the planet you know and I'm looking forward to um, meeting the little guy in 10 weeks yeah. because I know that no matter what I do 
uh, he's going to be his own soul. Yeah. And he's going to have his own personality and I can try to shape it or I can try not to shape it and I will have some influence, but he's going to be his own thing. Yeah. And that's, um, you know, that's cool for all of us to just to allow ourselves to stand in wow there's only ever been one of me and there only ever will be and whether I make a hundred grand and buy a house doesn't really matter yeah kind of already won yeah and I just listen to you describe little humans that way I've got two of them it's really takes the pressure off as well yeah you know as a parent sometimes I feel like oh man agonizing over things like you know, education extracurricular am I spending enough time too much time all yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. at the end of the day who they are is who they are yeah and maybe more of what they need is just less of me meddling mm-hmm. and more of me being present exactly yeah. I, I, as I, by no means my parent yet so I wouldn't want to um speak like an authority on that but that's that sounds very on point to me yeah just give them the space to be and be there to ask questions not even answer them you know they're asking questions all the time just just put it back on them what do you think how do you feel about that Mm. and develop that trust there's a really interesting thing i talk a lot about in the work that i do around this obsession we have with mastery particularly in the west yeah and it's all about becoming technically proficient at something So you start, you learn the technique. So if you're a baby, you learn how to uh, move your fingers and toes. If you're a guitarist, you learn where the notes are. Then you move up into this mimicry phase, which is about your influences. You learn how to play a Jimi Hendrix solo. You uh, learn how to kick a footy like a footy star, whatever. Then you get into this mastery realm, which which is, yeah, you've mastered the technique. You've mastered your influences and you've got enough experience behind you that you can adapt and innovate with whatever emerges but there's this other whole piece which is around our artistry that I think we school out of our kids so does Ken Robertson so does a whole bunch of people around the world in that we lose that that real uniqueness to each of us to just sit in our truth and make choices that that uh that come from us and you can you can have someone that really they have horrible technique, but they just pick up the guitar and it's like, man, how do you get it to sound like that? that yeah. Jimi Hendrix played it upside down and backwards, you know, and and he, there's just something else coming from him that we all connect with and think, how is that possible? And it's And I would think for children or as a parent is to try to foster that, um, that artistry from a very early age like yeah practice your scales yeah you know do your push-ups and and um, Mm. get get good at the technique but don't forget to play and be curious and and trust I think it keeps coming back to trust for me today trust your own trust yourself yeah and then see what emerges from that yeah I think the other thing the other person that that when we give ourselves that permission, it also takes the pressure off. I feel that a pressure valve being released in me. Yeah. Because it's no longer, it's, a, it's not about an external benchmark anymore. Yeah. It's about, and it, it's not about kind of hitting a certain level or achieving. It's about 
allowing yes. once again allowing things to flow kind of taking the things out of the way that have been blocking that flow yep and allowing them to flow out yep you're bang on man yeah it's all about allowing and noticing and and yeah just letting it happen yeah. and and that, I love that that you you're never in competition with anyone else yeah <laughs> and you're not we're like we're really not and from that context um what an empowering place to live your life from. Yeah. That you never, you can't get it wrong. You can't fail at being you. In fact, the only way you can, I guess, fail at being you is if you try hard to not be you. If that makes sense, you <laughs> yeah. know? Like, don't worry about it. You're already enough. It's really funny. There's a guy, David White, amazing poet. Did you come and see him when he was. No. No. Incredible guy. He was out here recently and I was lucky enough to tour with him up the East Coast, but. Yeah. He talks about, um, uh, he's talking about kids and he's talking about in the workplace or whatever, as leaders or as parents, kids always somehow uh, have a way of, of knowing exactly the right thing to say at exactly the right moment that just break you, you know? <laughs> and he's like, how did you, how do you know that? And you know, it's the same with you in an organization if you... You know, you ask you ask your team. Oh, you know, what do you think are some of the things I could improve on? And bang, they they nail it straight away with. Oh, this 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 these are all your problems. It's like he says, God, you could at least hesitate. You know? <laughs> yeah. Give me a second. But he makes the point that our children or our team members have been watching us, studying us for years, mm. as living in the same house as spies and saboteurs, as assassins. <laughs> knowing our every move, knowing our pain points, knowing exactly what's going to get us. And that, um, and we have this belief that we're presenting our best self and that the world is seeing us the way we'd like to be seen. But it's not true. We all see through our facade. Like we see when we're overcompensating, we see when we're feeling inadequate and we try to, you know, yeah, overcompensate for that. And yet, we still think that we're like, oh yeah, they didn't notice that. Yeah, no, I'm getting away with it. Nah, just give it up. Yeah. Do your thing. We're already way ahead of you. <laughs> oh God. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is crazy. <laughs> There's a few moments where, you know, I've looked at my kids and they've just done something. Like, where did they pick that up from? Where did they pick that expression up from or that movement? And then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, my God. I do that. That's me. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Tumbling. <laughs> and it's also a little bit like, ah, oh, wow. Like, they really are watching. Yeah. Really watching. Yep. Yeah. Your and, every move. And if I'm not just who I am... They're watching that too, and they're learning from that. Mm-hmm. Are they picking up that maybe it's not cool to be who I am? Exactly. Yeah. And that deeper, the deeper subtext of all of that stuff, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah. And it's even, it's, sometimes it's not even how you say it, it's why you say it. Like, why did Dad say that? <laughs> and then they're making a story up about that, and then they're, you know, building their own sense of the world around that yeah. and it could be coming from a very insecure unstable place within you yeah 
disjointed, disconnected space. It's really interesting. Man. <laughs> so the best way to serve anyone, kids or team or greater world, is to stop trying mm. and just allow it, like you said before. Yeah. Um, that's the thing to Seth Godin on um, Timothy Ferris actually, and he was mm. talking about he was talking a bit about education and kids on there. And one of the things he said is, you know, we I want my kids to learn how to solve interesting problems, mm-hmm. and the way I'm going to teach them to do that is to give them interesting problems to solve. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I don't know exactly what he does, but I can just imagine him at home with his kids after school on a, you know, 4 p.m. on a Thursday, kind mm. of, I don't know, creating some kind of interesting problem for them to solve, to exercise their mind with. Mm. One, one thing I think is important is to adopt a context of why not, or an approach of why not. Everyone's asking why, particularly kids or whatever, but yeah. it's always why, 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 and we always want an answer, but answers are so... They're a full stop. But this idea bringing it back to artists again and why I think that we can learn so much from them is that they live in an eternal inquiry. And particularly if it's children or if we want to teach people how to be more creative thinkers, it's it's not like, oh, so, you know, why why do we need to do it that way or how can we do it differently? It's like, well, why not? You tell me. Like, take the absolute lid off. Why this? Why that, Dad? Why this? Why not? (laughs) You, You know, like, you give me a... Give me a reason. Give me an excuse. Give me anything. And when I think when you approach quest, questions from why not, you pretty quickly um, you become pretty acutely aware of all the limitations you've placed over possible outcomes or possible answers. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, I didn't. Exactly. Why not? Why are we thinking about it only from this way? Why are we thinking about only that market or only this... Um, mode of delivery or only this language or only this way of cooking a cheesecake or who knows you know it's funny I saw a um, actually saw an episode of MasterChef a while ago and a chick made a cheesecake with tofu yeah and uh, it was Maggie Beer was on there and she's like this is just amazing this to get that silky feel and I, I obviously I couldn't taste it but I just I love that stuff like make a cheesecake out of tofu that's just bizarre but <laughs> but rad yeah. why not yeah oh no we don't do that here well why not <laughs> that's who cares just give it a go yeah what's something that you're giving a go right mm. now what am I giving a go right now I am I think I need to give more things a go. I think I'm playing it safe. It's a really good question. I think I... I don't think I'm owning the difference that I can make. And I think that I need to get more... uh, bold in sharing what I do know. I think that... I'm going to bring it back to a we because it's, this is a very self-indulgent conversation we're having and I appreciate you having it with me. But, <laughs> but um, I think we all really underestimate how much value and insight and inspiration we can bring to every moment, every relationship, every conversation by second-guessing 
who we are or second guessing how we will be perceived by someone else. Oh, I don't want to look like, you know, I know stuff. and hmm. I don't want them to think I'm this. And yet you could have the answer that might unlock something in that person that they go on and then create a massive transformation in their life. And it's by not speaking up and not standing in, yeah, I'm just going to have a crack and say, hey, this is what I think's going on. This is what I think's possible. This is what I believe in. This is what I stand for. This is what I'm interested in. This is what I love. Um, we rob, we rob possibility from other people. Yeah. And we keep ourselves small, which is then, you know, not a great, not a great place for us to live either. I really loved. I'm gonna, I'm gonna bring it up just because I can. Is <laughs> that the book launch recently? I launched my little book, and Adam came along, <laughs> and at the end. Um, I love, I think I, I have definitely found what the essence of my legacy is about. My, I've, I think I've found, at least for now, what I live for. And it's that moment when people step to the line. They, they stand in front of the fire that is their, uh, their idea of who they are. And then they step through it. Just that, that I love creating platforms and spaces and environments or conversations where that is possible. Yeah. And to do, you know, we did the book launch stuff and then I had a couple of guys playing upright bass and drums on stage, just setting a little atmospheric groove and left the mic open and you got up and uh, you just, the, the presence you brought, man, was just so beautiful <laughs> to be, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share my thing and you did and I, I, what I loved about it was, you know, I made a commitment that I'd do more public speaking and, uh, yeah, that was like about three minutes ago, but uh, here I am. And it just brought the roof, you know. <laughs> Everyone just loved it, just to see that. Because I'd love to do more of that. I want to do more of that. Oh, one day I'm going to, one day I'm going to. But yours was like, yeah. so <laughs> now. It was like, I want to do that. And I'm just going to fucking do it now. <laughs> and it was just magnetic, you know? Uh, thanks, man. It's brilliant. It was... Gosh, that moment. And we... I think we all know that moment. You, we know when we're in front of the fire and we've got a choice whether yeah. to step through it or not. And it's a sweaty palms moment. It's a heart racing moment. It's a... It's a full of excuses moment. Oh, I'll just... I don't really want to do it. No one really wants to hear from me. i got nothing to say. Yeah all those kind of things and then just doing it is just uh gosh it's magic it's liberating yeah. man it's yeah. amazing and 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 unlocking what i love about it is it's not what you say is almost irrelevant for everyone else in the room mm. but the fact that you got up and said something <laughs> is 90 percent of it yeah it's like wow he did it <laughs> and then maybe i could do it too yeah. the gateway that that opens up and that's the, that's the difference that we can make if we, if we step into our, our truth allow ourselves to be seen um, it's, it's a miraculous opportunity yeah. to gift to the world you know yeah. super cool <laughs> so you're saying you know that's you want your legacy to be a bit about that about yeah. people you know, fight or creating environments and conversations and platforms when people are encountered with that moment and then 
have the uh, have the the moment of stepping through. How like are you doing that at the moment, or is obviously you know the book launch was an example of yep. that. But is you know does everything you you do is it all about bringing those things to life and creating those moments? Yep. Yeah. So this this you know, monthly event series is all about that, is learning from other artists and then there'll always be a space for people to get up and step into that. All of anything I put up online is always driven from that, the seed of wanting that to happen for people. Yeah. Um, in all the work I do, whether mentoring or speaking or um, you know, workshop style stuff, it's all about that. It's all less about um, actually what they get and more about the moment that they're about to get it. Yeah. If that makes sense, yeah, it's funny that I'm having to learn to. You do all of this stuff prior to, say, if I take a team like a, a corporate team or something away, and um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes, and a lot of stuff that will happen, like social intelligence stuff, seeding things and, and making stuff all happen in a certain way. But there's always a moment when it when something just drops for the group and you see them all kind of loosen up a bit and then draw in closer to each other. And it's it's awesome. But it's also having to make, in that moment, it's having to make them aware, hey guys, now we're ready to get to work. You know that? And that's something I think I need to get better at. Because I'll go, cool, I know they're getting it. Yeah. But it's almost, um, it can be a foreign experience that if you can articulate it for them and go hey see that thing you're feeling right now that's this yeah oh then it, it you know it helps bring it to life even more if you can bring language to it and, and unpack it for them in a way that they go right this I want yeah. more of that you know that yeah it's cool and I guess probably helps them get back to that place that's it in the future yep. as well yep. identify when they're there yeah yeah you're on the money yeah who and what are you noticing about the types of people that you're attracting or working with is there are you working with corporates freelancers like who who are you working with the flavor maybe the last six months the flavor's really been around entrepreneurs yeah um, a lot of this emergent work around kind of personal branding really which is which is less about a photo shoot and a logo and all about congruence and all about um, conviction and purpose and meaning and what we, what do you stand for and and how you can roll that out it's really interesting in that type of work anyway I think that's going to be a big market in the future well very short-term future is is uh, helping people define who they are how they can provide value Um, because if 50% of the workforce is going to be self-employed by 2020 which is what some people assume in this gig economy and short-term part-time contract work being able to articulate and and, uh, communicate your value in an engaging unique creative way uh, it's going to be very valuable, very vital skill to be able to do. Because like we were talking about earlier, to get the job and you got the steady paycheck and you're locked in and, oh, you know, I could probably keep doing this for another 30 years. 
probably won't exist for much longer. And it's not a new phenomenon with this, this idea of short-term, part-time work, contractual stuff that's been around forever. That's been the bulk of, I think, work we've done in human history. It's kind of only a recent invention is this idea of a long, a long full-time engagement. <clears throat> but we've forgotten how to... We've almost forgotten our entrepreneurial roots, in a sense, and we've gotten lazy and comfortable. And it's going to be a really scary space for a lot of people thinking how do I market myself how do I how do I position myself how do I um, set myself apart from my competition how do I do something that's fulfilling to me and valuable to others you know it's yeah because so much of we haven't had to do that ever it's the default has been I'm a lawyer I'm a doctor like it's once again it's an external label that we attach ourselves to and it's quite easy to do that because you've got that degree or you've I'm a product manager or I'm a coder or whatever it is yep to to flip that around and then say well this is who I am Mm. I I I can fit into a variety of categories and you know we're talking earlier I'm going through a process of looking for work at the moment and just just the exercise of going through seek has been like I've, I haven't been able to put myself into a category to find the job that I'm looking for yeah. do you know what I mean yeah, seek is very hierarchical and it has these categories and and subcategories and man, I just who I am doesn't fit into that yeah and I'm not going to find a job and I can't artic- like I, I can't articulate myself to a recruiter because yeah they they don't think like that yeah either I think you're spot on and yep. I think um the other thing I was thinking about is, you know, I don't think, uh, just I'm reflecting on my own experience here, I don't, I, you know, I'm still, I'm still coming up with the language and the, the way to talk about my own sense of who I am and what I can mm. offer, but I'm learning by the things that I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. It's not by kind of hiding in a cave. I mean, that's been part of it for me, reflecting and becoming self-aware and being mindful. But a big part of it has also been doing this podcast, Mm. like working on some of my other side projects, just writing every day. And in doing that, you know, more of who I am and what I want to be is becoming clearer. Yeah. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's a very lovely segue into my book there, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) The idea of of, uh, just doing something as a way to finding, um, if there's a, if there's like a sequence, right? Which, which I, this is, is something that I, you know, work with people on into, to arrive at that place, you know, this glorious, glorious place where you know who you are and what you stand for and what your value is and you can communicate it effectively. Start with the creativity piece. If it was a Venn diagram and through just doing stuff, doing a podcast, writing every day, going to a meetup you wouldn't normally go to mm. having dinner with people you wouldn't normally hang with watching a film that you just would like never watch just doing stuff you you refine your (coughs) taste one thing Mm. but you Mm. you start to you start to naturally and effortlessly curate your experience and who you are and what you gravitate towards and what you're naturally good at so you find this congruence which would be the second ring in this venn and then over time, as you deepen into this, ah, oh, I'm really starting to, that's the thing that I love. Yeah. That's what I want to be a part of. Yeah. Then you get the conviction to start 
sharing about it boldly. <laughs> and when you've got the creativity, c- congruence and conviction, you hit this artisan space, which is just powerful. Um, just a, just a, a powerful presence as a human where you're still open to learning and growing and all of that jazz, but, but you, you're, you're making things making things happen and making things um, in existence and it's joyful for you yeah. and that's ma- you know that's magnetic for people when they're like wow I just want to be around that guy <laughs> yeah I mean I feel like that about you you know in your in your quest you, it, I get this um, this curious exploration that you're on yeah. and it, it uh, reminds me that I need to do the same yeah. and I love it it's really it's a thrill yeah, you know, to be around, man. So it's working. <laughs> Cheers, man. <laughs> um, well, why don't we talk a little bit about your book? Because um, that's where I mean, that's we've talked about it you know, indirectly a few times. But it's called "Do Something." Just do something. Yep. Yep. And fifty. Yep. Fifty five zero being the first two letters of the word something. Yep. And it. It's, it's a book about doing a thing uh, every day for 50 days yep. and putting it out there for people to see, to observe, to judge, to do what they ever want to do. Exactly. Yeah. That, um, so in my last uh, existential crisis, I sold my studio and didn't know if I wanted to make a life in music anymore and ended up traveling all through Asia, spent six months in India and went up to Nepal, somehow found myself in Cambodia, bought a bar on a beach, did that for a year. <laughs> it sounds it was, like the perfect kind of... It's, it was oh, like it's cliche, yeah, yeah, this idyllic tropical location, built a guest house in a Mexican <laughs> restaurant. It was awesome, but sold that and thought, okay, I'm not done, there's still that calling. Yeah. And so I got some land, I was going to head to Central America, but got some land out the back of this uh, little village on the coast in Cambodia built a geodesic dome, shipped across a keyboard and a couple of guitars and just created for a year and thought, I'm going to figure out once and for all whether I want to keep doing this or not or go and get a real job. And uh, I wrote a lot of stuff. I meditated every day and I did yoga. I hung out with my dogs and I wrote a musical and heaps of poetry and it was amazing. But there was something missing from that. And what was missing was the sharing because it was still safe. And I realized towards the end of that, that third year or the, the year that I was alone, that I was on this isolated stretch of the Cambodian coastline, living with only a few rice farmers and buffalo as neighbors. Like, dude, you're hiding out, man. Tying into what we were saying earlier about if, you, if you're not sharing who you are, you know, you're robbing everyone of what you have to give to the world. Yeah. And I thought, all right, I got to get back into the world, so I came, sold everything, came back to Melbourne, and started this project called Songs. But it was five O N G S, and I wrote, recorded, and released an original song every week for fifty weeks, and put it up online. And I hated it. Like I was terrified, man, of this professional musician that has studied jazz and has made a living, and you know had a manager in the states for a while, and aren't I important? And whatever was so threatened at the idea of people hearing my unfinished work and people judging my art you know but I but I only had a week to write it if only I had another three hours I could have finished it and then you just don't judge me on that piece and then well it's week two I've got to write another one and then week three and then damn man I just got to keep doing it and as the year progressed 
I managed to separate myself from my work and separate other people's opinions about my work from my work and from me. And it became just this liberated uh, avenue for expression. And it didn't just show up in the songs. It started showing up everywhere. I just started really not caring anymore about what people thought of what I thought or what I created or what I cared about. And that, my God, was that freeing, you know, for your self-expression, for your sense of self. And so then the cadence increased and I started doing stuff every day for 50 days. I wrote that book in 50 days. And so it's just a really, became significant. And I thought something worth sharing with people is, is you don't have to write a symphony, you don't, you know, to unlock your creativity, to return to who you are and remember your magnificence. You don't have to go on these amazing big retreats. Just do something every day that challenges you. Create something every day that's important to you yeah. that you suck at or that you're great at. It doesn't matter. Yeah. And share it. And you get two likes and then you might get 17 and then you get one again. And dealing with that, like overcoming this need for acceptance uh, is so liberating. And that it just opens up vast fields of possibility for who you who you can be for yourself which obviously then in turn for the world it's really it's a, such a simple thing man but it, yeah it's really a, a powerful tool I think did you so when you say it's opened up have you found it's opened up just reservoirs of creativity and thinking and ideas that you didn't know were there definitely yeah yeah and the connection so I, I have this habit of of doing things I've built a real trust within myself that I'll if I see something and I won't know why or what but I might see something and go that's cool and I'll just record it with my iPhone or I'll write down a phrase that I see or something and I won't even think twice about it and two years later another idea will pop into my head I'll have to deliver maybe work I'm being paid for or maybe it's some other artistic idea I have and I'll remember ah oh, that thing that I recorded two years ago, hmm. that'd be perfect for this. And, it, and I'll find it on some hard drive or I'll dig out an old journal or something and it will be the perfect thing for that. Yeah. And it's really, um, it's, kept, it's kept an awareness to look for opportunities to create and make um, original things at the front of my mind. Yeah. So it's not something that's an effort anymore. It's just absolutely in flow. It's just, oh, that's cool. And I don't know when it's gonna, when I'm going to use it or how or why. <laughs> yeah. But it will, you know, at some point it will emerge and it will be... And people say, oh, man, that's so great. How did you do that? And, oh, it's really... F yeah, I actually recorded that six <laughs> years ago, you know. <laughs> it just happened to work. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good fun. Do you... Like sometimes when I think about the types of things we've been talking about, I start to wonder, well, like what, what is the world going to look like? Like what jobs are people going to be doing? You know, what, is there, is there, obviously we can automate a whole lot of stuff, but maybe there's a whole lot of work that we're doing now that just isn't important work yep. to be doing as well. What, what do you think is going to be the important work that needs to be done that, you know, that people will be doing? over the, I guess maybe, you know, it's hard to speculate too far into the future, but over the, you know, what do you imagine in the world that is to come? Everything 
that's centered around human, our humanity, and then even beyond that, around kind of existence, I guess. I think, so there's this this um, sense-making and, and the ability to think, you know, adaptive thinking above and beyond rote learning or breaking the rules, all of these kind of things, out-of-the-box thinking, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But even stuff like <clears throat> facilitating a vibe. You know, you can have a bunch of people if it's in an organization and they're working in a team and they're getting it done and sure, they might be productive and efficient and innovative and whatever, but does it feel good? Does it feel cool? Does it feel like, man, this is the place I want to be? Having someone that knows how to bring people together, how to open them up, how to get intimacy at velocity is a valuable skill and that's not something that's taught in schools. That's like someone that maybe has has not had traditional successes up until this point, but you love going out with them. <laughs> yeah. You know, you love going to their parties. Yeah. Whenever you do, like you're talking to people on the train on the way into town and you, the bar guy's giving you free drinks at the end of the night because your mate is so good at yeah. bringing people together. Yeah. That guy is going to be valuable in the future. Yeah. And that girl, you know, that... Um, and, and being able to, I think, skills like balancing big picture stuff, like big abstract concepts and pulling them down into bite-sized, manageable chunks for us to understand yeah. will be vital. Yeah. And, and communicating them in ways that are elegant and are beautiful and are um, sticky, you know, like, which I, it's just art, man. Anyone that's anyone that's attuned with how an artist works and lives, which I think is every single one of us on the planet. I think we're all born artists. We just forgotten. <laughs> but getting more into empathy and getting more into spirituality, man. Like, why not? Why not bring that depth and bring um, that truth and that reverence for existence to a workplace? to an event like I love all these new events that are coming out and they're more focused on experiences and stuff but but just going even further into I know I've seen cinemas and stuff now where they're they're, they're putting scent like um, hmm. you know this, the different smells of the landscape and little drops of water when it's like an ocean scene or something to try to tick off other senses rather than a 2D or 3D visual experience yeah. and I think more of that people that are returning us to this um, to ourselves anyone that can do that I think will be highly rewarded yeah 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 I I like a lot of that too and I agree with that there's for me there's this idea about um, taking all that we know now and all that we've learnt but also going back to our evolutionary roots yeah man and you and we see it in our diet in our movement in ways of connecting but that yeah that seems like the work that we need that we'll be needing to do yep which is a lot of what you're talking about they're taking big concepts bringing them down helping us to connect what it is to be human yeah and also connect to this biological context that we live in this planet that we've evolved from and everything that we grew up around that we seem to 
be trying very hard to divorce ourselves from. Yep, exactly. Yeah. That that yeah, facilitating the reconnection yeah. is definitely a role. I think that will be in high demand. I love my my partner's into you know foraging, and she loves um, native food and whatever from the of the environment and all that kind of thing. Yeah. I love the idea. She's found this this uh, local indigenous guy that that does these free tours, um, teaching you about where to find bush food, like all in and around Melbourne. <laughs> and he does them for free, like free talks. She saw him speak once, and, but we'll take tours. I'd love to do it. But just getting right back to, oh my god, that thing there's not a weed. <laughs> That's totally, you know, food <laughs> that I don't need to go to. A fruit and veg shop I can just pick the earth and sustain myself and then if I put it with this spice and then this and then I'm eating stuff that's that's come from the environment that I'm existing in and that that congruence surely is powerful you know yeah if you're being fueled by the landscape that you're in um, I mean that just makes so much sense so much much symmetry to that it's really beautiful yeah But this, what I really think, it's almost this, uh, and I guess you could say we're seeing it a bit in the, in the political sphere, is it's, the, it's almost the time of the underdog. It's coming back where people that have, hmm. have trusted their artistic instinct, yeah. people that have trusted their <laughs> spirituality and have stood against all, ah, oh, you're hippie, you know, whatever, people that have retained this sacred legacy of indigenous cultures around the world are now going to become leaders yeah because everyone else that's that bought into without meaning to it's not like a blame game or anything but yeah that bought the oh am i go this way yeah this way um that bought the the idea of whatever the western corporate commercial world i'll do another yeah cool they um yeah, that just that they <laughs> won't be. They'll be the ones going, man. I, I don't care what it costs. Can you teach me how to make friends? <laughs> I don't care what it costs. Can you teach me how to make a salad? Yeah. I don't yeah. care what it costs. Can you teach me how to play? Mm. I've forgotten how to have a good time. Man, that's cool. I, that's. Isn't that cool? <laughs> oh. Two years ago, that would have really freaked me out because because I was that guy that oh really you know that followed 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 the path. Particularly, actually, you know, maybe not two years ago, but a bit longer than that. I was like, okay, this is the thing I need to do, and if I do that, then that will give me this, and I'm I'm following the formula, and that's yep. You know, and, and I that like we've talked about that is not going to cut it anymore. You know, that's not going to give us what we need no. in this next period and there's going to be those people that have remained true to themselves that have caught the shit yep. for so long that have lived you know in substandard living conditions probably because yep. they've re- remained retained that authenticity exactly now it's their time to shine and yeah. that and there's a real danger I think <clears throat> in that um, we make ourselves wrong and we really want to blame someone else or the world for buying into that but it's no one's fault like we were born into this world we were told get a go to uni get a job you can this is how to survive yeah it's not anyone's fault necessarily it's just this is what happened and this is where we are now 
Correct. Yeah. And so, and what I like about this, um, I'm going to call them the underdogs for today, but what <laughs> I like about these people that have retained this thing, it's not about, see, I was right, now you've come crawling back. It's more like, oh, great, come on board. Yeah. Plenty of room. Let's, let's, this is just a joy now. This is what I've always wanted and now it looks like it's actually going to happen as opposed to this someone being right, someone being wrong, someone having a better solution or it's just more like... <laughs> Finally. Okay, cool. Let's get on. Let's e- do it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, man, we've had an awesome drive. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, I can keep driving for hours. Yeah. Next time we got to go to Sydney. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> Record an eight-hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Could be a few pauses in there. A long-form podcast, eight hours. That's disrupting it, man. That's performance art. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, there's a couple of questions I asked to wrap up. The awesome. first is about... It's, I don't know quite how to phrase it in this context but I usually ask people you know what's something you daydream about disrupting one day you know something that you're not necessarily part of disrupting at the moment but that you'd like to be part of you know one day maybe as a a new project or a new venture Mm. does anything come to mind when I ask you that I would yeah I would love to I'm really interested in building a platform where um, I can I teach artists how to better describe the work that they that they are doing their process yeah. and then taking that to corporates where they pay like a weekly retainer fee to just have a different artist rotate every Wednesday come in for lunch and I mean that's kind of the beginning of the disruption I guess I went right to the how <clears throat> but just I, I would love to just I still think the arts have got a long they're still very misunderstood and I think their value is so relevant for right now Um, and I would love to have stadiums like the MCG built uh, for theatre and for dance and for and for improvised comedy and for face painting and who cares just I would love to have more people um, honour the artist in them and so disrupting hmm how would I do that I'll just keep doing what I'm doing yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. yeah this is great man you're such a wonderful human I'm so so honoured to uh, to have been invited on your show I really appreciate it and I think that what you're doing is making a difference yeah and it's making a difference not just for the people that listen to your show, it's making a difference to who you are, like you talked about before, which is making Mm. a difference to your kids and everyone that comes in contact to you. So you're on the money, man. Thanks, man. It's, um, I'm rapt to be talking with you as well. That's (laughs) awesome. I love this chat. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Um, the last question is just about something subtle that you've done in your own life that helped you be on the path that you're on today. And, I mean, we've talked about some of those things, you know, mm. doing something every day for 50 days and sharing it. Mm-hmm. But is there, and you, know, and, you know, we've talked about mindfulness and those type of things, but is there something else that maybe early on or maybe that you've just started doing that, you know, is a subtle thing that might be interesting for other people to hear about as well that they could 
apply to their own lives. Mm. A very impractical one, very esoteric one would be I, I personify things a lot. So I talk to trees mm. and I talk to the wind and I, I, f- I, you know, whether I'm making it up in my head, probably, but I, um, I see dogs in the front of cars, you know, like there's a, there's, and it makes the world, I feel uh, more at home and more at ease with a world that is speaking to me and is communicating with me rather than stuck in my head and battling it out and trying to survive. It's more like, this is just a little game that we're playing, but the mountains over there and the grass and the sun, you know, we got this other hole. They're kind of like my parents and grandparents and they're like, hey man, let us know when you want to come in for dinner, you know? Yeah. So I do that. Um, I would think as a... As a as a a gift or an, or a an idea for people to yeah a subtle thing to think about is just no one has to get inside your head no one has to see or no one can see what you're thinking so be allow yourself give yourself the permission to to just dance with your imagination to daydream and scheme and come up with beautiful little things in your head and have romantic conversations with, you know, that football stadium or just play. And no one has to see it. No one has to know. It's between you and you. But that that helps build a connection and it helps build um, a love of self and a, and a, yeah, like a joy to be you for you which I think is really important now and in the future. So just, you know, no one has to know. <laughs> yeah. Just just enjoy yourself yeah. for yourself. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That, uh, there's something... That is, that is a really subtle thing, but that is such a profound thing as well. Just no one has to know. No one has to know the little curiosity, the little fantasy, the little... Yep playing with it you're doing yep. and it's so liberating to do that isn't it as well yeah. and it's where the best ideas will come from yeah and you can and you can develop your own like the world can say what the world says about you but you have a say in that too yeah and yeah you can really develop a strength by doing that Right, Mike, I think that's a great note to finish on. Yeah. It's been so good to talk with you. I, I really admire you as well and love what you bring into the world oh, and it's thanks, challenging man. and it's exciting and I think um, I think you, you know, I th- part of some of the things that you talk about in your book are about if, um, if you don't bring something into the world, then it, it may not, it probably will never exist. Exactly. And I think... Um, what you're doing yourself and what you're bringing into the world and what you're actually giving other people permission to bring into the world is uh, so important and um, so uh, special for people. So, thank oh, you. Thanks, man. I, no, it's honoured. Appreciate that. You're welcome. Woo! And here we are. Good timing. Time again. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Subtle Disruptors. I hope you got something out of it. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, including any suggestions you have for guests. You can get me on email through adam at subtledisruptors.com. And if you enjoyed listening and would like to be part of getting the word out about the Subtle Disruptors of Melbourne, a great way to do this is through jumping into iTunes and rating and reviewing this podcast. I'm Adam Murray, 
and I look forward to hearing about your own subtle disruption. Bye for now.